Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jeff Eisner, and today we've got Michigan District President Dave Davis and her own Rob Casper talking about church governance. This is part two of a three-part series for churches of all different sizes. Welcome back to a conversation about church governance and right sizing. I'm joined with Rob Casper, our Director of Leadership Development. He has a lot of experience in congregations of different sizes and governance, and so I think he's a great fellow to have in on this conversation. Uh, we talked with another friend of ours, Jim Galvin, in preparation for this. Jim is a great resource. If your congregation needs some help in thinking through its governance, uh, Jim Galvin would be a resource. We'd have other resources. This is not just a pitch for a friend, uh, but don't hesitate to reach out here in the district. We could give you some other contacts. As we uh, think about uh, governance and right sizing, uh, in this segment, we especially want to talk about medium-sized congregations. Um, we have a number of uh, larger congregations that aren't larger anymore. Once upon a time, they had multiple pastors and a great big staff, but now they're not small, but they're smaller than they were. They were Now they're more medium-sized, and perhaps they're getting pinched by how they were organized. And so this, um, this segment especially would speak to them, uh, medium-sized congregations, those specifically that have small staffs, um, a, a pastor, a, a, a musician, maybe a, a secretary, but not multiple staff. Uh, and, and so that's the size of congregation, 100 and so to 200, maybe 250. And, and so as, as we think about governance styles, uh, how does that work into how you think about things, Rob? Yeah, right. And it, it can go either way. Either a congregation was was uh, using the uh, policy-based governance and had a large staff, and, and now they've, they've downsized or their staff has, uh, you know, has aged out and retired, and the congregation's situation has changed. They've not replaced some staff, uh, so it's they don't have that that uh, robust staff to enable them to do policy-based governance as effectively as they as they had in the past, or uh, a congregation that uh, has been working with a, a Donna Abden model, and uh, they've had people that joyfully participated in leadership, and the congregation is growing, and, and they're at that that kind of crazy weird stage. They really don't have enough. Uh, you know enough capital uh, finances to to add the staff that they'd like to have and and lead that into uh, uh, have them lead in policy based governance or they're still kind of poking the tires on policy based governance but they they know they need to be a little a little better in terms of of responding quicker to opportunities before them than the the Abden model with uh, no centralized authority but rather decentralized authority with all the boards and board chairmen. So one of the ways that, that we can get at that, and one of the uh, two of the congregations I served as pastor kind of went in this direction as we continued to grow, my leadership development changed, or in one situation that I'm aware of uh, in, in another context where a congregation was, was backing off of the a policy base, but we went to what's called a, a managing board where we actually went to the voters and we said, hey, we need to be able to make decisions faster or 
more efficiently, let's say, within the context of, of the uh, authority of the voters, uh, but also we need to change our, our, our board structure so that we can make decisions as a group, but a small group, because mm -hmm. we can't put it on the staff because you don't have enough staff <laughs> and we and we don't have enough volunteers or or we have so many volunteers that we that we're growing it we're in this pinch place is what i'm saying right and so a managing board is is like a abdomen model way where all of the the chair people of the various uh, boards let's say you have a board of elders you have a board of stewardship you have a board of uh, i i, I I hesitate to have a board of, of, of evangelism because I think everyone should be an evangelist and not I, shove it off onto a board. But uh, so I'm with you on that one. Trust me, so I'm with you on that. Yeah. So you, so you have a board of of a, a parish fellowship, a board of Christian education, uh, and maybe you also have a school board. You know, so you have parish education and you have a school board. But all these board chair people are on this planning council, but not as a policy based where you empower the staff, but as a decision-making body, as a group of chair people of these various boards. And so you have a, 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 a president, a vice president, a treasurer, a secretary, financial secretary, and your pastor, your leaders, you know, your, your called workers are engaged with this, uh, with this board, but the board, uh, this managing board, which used to be like just a planning council, uh, now has some level of authority to make decisions within the context, within the context of the budget and between voters meetings. You know, they're not gonna call a staff person, they're not gonna do that, that sort of thing, but they are going to be able to work within the confines of the budget and the general scope of ministry uh, that the congregation has has agreed to, uh, but they can make decisions within within the box. Yeah. And be creative. I, I think with that too, uh, this can even be done without without boards. Just have a lead person in each of those areas because I think that was a thing with Abden too. Uh, we've got a guy that's willing to chair the stewardship, but now we need to find five other people that. Right. Uh, this managing board can be, like you're saying, kind of area leaders and not necessarily have to have their own board behind them, but maybe some kind of a work crew. Right, which which is kind of this this blend between uh, policy-based, which, you know, there you put the staff and they gather uh, effective staff members will, will bring uh, uh, lay volunteers around them who are also passionate about that area of ministry. Well, maybe now you've got rather than just a uh, outreach committee uh, you have a outreach person that's in the decision-making process on this managing board uh, and it's a time of transition one way or another hopefully it continues to to grow and foster and and it's healthy in in that transition yeah i think uh, in some way they almost operate as uh, uh, unpaid staff uh, just as you compare. Now, uh, it, here in the district, we want to be supporting our congregations uh, in any of these uh, decisions about uh, boards, size of board, kind of boards. 
Our district facilitators are there to help. Our circuit visitors are there to help. Uh, through our district facilitators, we've actually put together a sample constitution and bylaws that our constitution committee has already said, given its yay and, and amen to. So if you're, as a congregation, if you want to explore the managing board, as, as Rob is talking about, we've got one a prototype, a boilerplate that just contact my office and and we'll get that to you. Um, now, Rob, when when we were talking to Jim, uh, he also had, he was talking about a navigating board and right. that was a little different for me or a little new to me. You seem to have a better handle on that. Uh, would you say some things about what a navigating board might be? <laughs> Okay, glad to. Uh, let me pick up just one note with regard to the managing board. Sure, yeah, and and, and that is that um, this this enables you know your key lay leaders to participate at a at a level where um, yeah, like you say, they're almost you know unpaid staff, but it it's a it's a shift so that there's a level of trust and and we're able to make great decisions within that. And I think I've, I've kind of said that already, but but now with regard to the navigating board, um, a navigating board, as uh, Alvin shared with us, uh, it makes sense to me. Sometimes congregations get into a position where um, they they really don't have anything to manage anymore. Uh, it's they need to make some some very difficult decisions about last things. It's it's. Uh, Congregations in transition, transitions to merge with a sister congregation, or transition to um, to, to close and relinquish uh, their property. Um, th those are difficult conversations to have, but they can also be uh, what we call legacy congregations that are very intentional about how can we best use the resources God has given us here, and that we've enjoyed sharing with our community and with one another in faith uh, all these years, what, what's the best use of them in the kingdom of God? Uh, so again, the kingdom of God, his church continues to advance and we wanna give permission to congregations to adjust their governance model so that things are done well, things are done in appropriate, uh, an appropriate manner, trustworthy manner, and they also uh, honor those that have gone before them and think in terms of kingdom, not in terms of survival of this building. But uh, certainly uh, we want that navigating board to be like the, the, the last thing, but that, that could be a reality for some. Yeah, the, the worst thing, uh, that's probably overstating it, but it's not a good thing if a congregation's in um, you know, some kind of end stage and there's no way to make good decisions. You know, more than ever, you have to be able to make uh, uh, good decisions uh, at that point. So, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, something you said too uh, uh, about things changing. Let's say this out loud: the scriptures don't change, uh, the confessions don't change, most everything else is up for 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 grabs or for change or modification, and certainly congregational governance is in in that realm of things that can be negotiated. So we've said permission giving a couple of times. Right, right. And and we need we need to just free people, free our congregations up to think 
and, and how can we best advance the message of Christ? How can we best do that? Yeah. And sometimes it, governance, again, must serve the institution. Uh, we, we don't serve our, our governance model. It serves the work of the kingdom. Uh, keeps us all in alignment, God willing. And, yeah. and that's, uh, that's what's we, important. We have to have order. We have to have some kind of order and structure, but what that order and structure are can be modified. Yeah. Right. Right. Hey, I, I hope that this conversation is helpful to our congregations about right-sizing, uh, the kingdom moving forward, um, and uh, God continuing to be as, at work in our midst. Rob, would you close us with a word of prayer, please? Be happy to. Uh, Father in heaven, we thank you that you sent Jesus, that uh, he is the Lord of the church. We thank you that we can call you Father because of him. We are your dear children. You love us desperately. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd uh, give us uh, continued uh, grace and wisdom and strength uh, to trust in that Jesus, to make great decisions. Uh, lead your people that uh, whatever they're facing in their congregations and leadership and their needs to, uh, to make adjustments so they can be uh, more effective and more faithful to you and, and serving you to reaching more people with the message of Jesus. We just uh, ask you to help them do that. Uh, may there be a growing trust among your people, uh, a growing uh, inquisitiveness that they would seek your direction and will. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.